Thanks for joining us for Season 8 of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders of Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thank you for that kind introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, emerging brands, robotics, automation, and uh, and 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 finance and venture capital too, Jimmy. You're sneaking a lot of things in there, Shatsy. Sneaking Jimmy, a lot. Of it. It's like a buffet, a bevy of things we're at the intersection of. There is nothing that we are not in the intersection of. We are the intersection of uh, 19th and Park as well here in New York City, as you know, Jimmy. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, I got some great news. Now, this is truly breaking news. I know we joke about breaking news, but, you know, we've had a sponsor, Chico's Bail Bonds, for uh, nine seasons now. And finally, eight seasons, eight seasons, eight eight seasons. Chico has been our sponsor for eight seasons. I am proud, Jimmy, to announce today that we have a brand new sponsor. A brand new sponsor, and it's not Chico, Jimmy. Chico has given up on us. It is Boom. Boom.store <laughs> is our newest sponsor. Boom is sponsoring the podcast, Jimmy. And, Jimmy, do you know Boom is? Do you know anything about Boom? You know what? I think I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Why don't you tell us? Why don't you tell me and the listeners about Boom? I got to tell you, Jimmy, you go to Boom.store, and you will find every solution under the sun, under the moon, under the stars, that are helping hospitality operators run their business with technology. Everything that you need from a technology perspective to run your business, it's there. It's on Boom, boom Boom.store. There's over 450 different technology companies listed with another 300 companies in the pipeline. This Boom.store is crazy. Jimmy, anybody can use Boom. It costs nothing to go check it out. Plus nothing. It costs nothing, nothing, Jimmy. How do we we make any money on this thing? We don't make any money. We're hoping Uh, Boom makes money. Boom's got to make money to pay us. And all I know is they're paying us. They're our sponsor, Jimmy, and we are super excited. Jimmy, we got a great program, one of the best shows I think we've ever had. We are very, very fortunate to have an amazing guest from one of the greatest restaurant operations in the entire world. Did you hear wow. what I just said, Jimmy? I, I heard what you said. I, I said you're well caffeinated today, Mr. Schatzberg. Well caffeinated. I think it's probably one of the most one of the most well known brands in the entire on earth. <laughs> Jimmy, do you do you do you care to announce our guest? Yes. Why don't why don't I do that? Um and and and, and thank you, Shatsy, for the breaking news. And we appreciate our sponsors at Boom. <laughs> uh, take it over for Chico. And we appreciate you, Chico. Listen, we are excited for today's episode. Our guest is our friend, Mr. Dave Harris, the CTO and CIO of Shake Shack. That is right. We are thrilled to have Mr. Harris uh, join us. But before we get started, before we jump in and get Dave involved in this episode, because otherwise he's like, why am I here? These guys just talk amongst themselves. Um, being that our podcasts are released on Tuesdays, um, see, uh, listeners in Season 8 know that we launched Trivia Tuesday. That segment made it into Season 9. Each week we share a fun trivia question or two about each of our guests. Here's the catch. you got to tune into the end of the episode to find out the answers. So this week, 
It's Tuesday trivia. Here we go. We are going to play this game, Two Truths, One Lie. Shatsy, I don't know if you know how this works, but I'm going to list three facts, facts in air quotes, please, about our friend Dave. Two of them are true. One of them is false. Here we go. Dave once camped in Richard Branson's backyard. True. Oh, is I not supposed to do that? At the end. Uh, Fact two. Dave's home address and birthday are the same number. False. That's false. And finally, three, Dave has a Shake Shack burger named after him. Oh, I've eaten that. That's the Dave Harris burger. I've had that. It's delicious. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Chess. Don't give anything away. All right, here we go. Let's get this thing. Let's get this party started. Uh, Dave, uh, thank you for our, letting us have our little banter. We'd like you to take the lead now. Uh, please give us a background about yourself. And, of course, please introduce, although I think it does need little introduction, but please do introduce Shake Shack. Hey, Jimmy Shatsy, really great to be with you today. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, As you said, I'm CIO, CTO for Shake Shack. I've been with the company four years. Uh, I've had the privilege of leading tech teams across hospitality, retail, and CPG companies. Uh, I would say I love all aspects of technology, but one of the things I'm most passionate about is how technology can enable and enhance guest experience. And I know we'll be talking about that today. Uh, in terms of Shake Shack, uh, for those who haven't aren't so familiar with us, we serve elevated. Hey, they live on a different planet, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But I'll go through it just for the just for the couple of people that are out there. We we serve elevated versions of the classics using only the best ingredients. We're known for great burgers, chicken, hot dogs, frozen custard, uh, beer, wine, and more. Uh, it's all about fresh, simple high quality food at great value. Uh, we're about standing for something good, uh, whether it be premium ingredients for, to employee development, to the way we design our restaurants and our, our community, deep community investment. Uh, core values we focus on, one, elevated food made with only the best ingredients, two, gathering and enriching our neighborhoods, and three, delivering enlightened hospitality at every touch point. Uh, since the original shack in New York's Madison Square Park, Opened in 2004, we've expanded to 400 plus locations 32, in 32 US states and the District of Columbia, including 100 plus international locations around the world. Um, we're on the ingredients. Beef is 100% all natural, Angus never frozen, vegetarian fed, humanely raised, source verified. Uh, the chicken is all natu- 100% all natural, cage free, and the flat top dogs are 100% all natural Vienna beef. Great ingredients is a really important part of what we do. Um, so uh, Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, I, although I can't forget, I should finish on saying the fries. Can't forget the fries. Crinkle cuts, what we're known for. No artificial ingredients. So um, just a great ingredient story, and hopefully that gives you an overview of Shake Shack. Jack, yeah, Jack, awesome. Listen, one thing, just yeah. one quick thing, because I, I yep. have to. I, I may. I promised my my daughter I would do this. My daughter's probably only six years old. She has Shake Shack, a standing Wednesday dinner, every Wednesday, and often we have a Saturday. So I'm telling you, Shake Shack is in my house at least once a week, consistently, and sometimes twice a week. So we are we are huge. We're not just having you on the podcast. We're also fans. That's awesome. To I got to tell you, and you know what else? Being New Yorkers, I feel a special, a special little something. We don't often get a lot of really great brands that are started and founded in New York City. It seems like a lot of people that have great brands are afraid to come to New York City. But we are so fortunate that Shake Shack 
is a, a, a Danny Meyer creation, a real New York bred, born and raised guy, or maybe not born, but certainly uh, raised. I think he was born in like St. Louis or something like that. But nonetheless, uh, it's great that we have a Shake Shack founded here in New York. So like Jimmy said, it's really part of our DNA here in New York City. We don't get that outside of pizza and bagels. So it's really awesome. Hey, listen, before we take a deeper dive into everything you're doing over at Shake Shack and, and you're doing some great stuff, you've had an incredible career. You've had a lot of really amazing uh, opportunities that you've been involved with. I'm going to throw a couple of brands out there that you've worked with outside of Shake Shack, including brands that, Jimmy, you might even know some of these. Virgin Atlantic. Avis. I mean, that's a rent-a-car place. JetBlue. Jimmy, that's an airline. Um <laughs> Yankee Candle. I mean, I've seen those candles everywhere. I think the biggest candle maker in the whole world. I mean, you've been with some really great stuff. Give us a little background on how you got to Shake Shack and 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 touch base on a little bit of Virgin Atlantic, Avis. I mean, you've been you've been all over the place. And by the way, you've got a great Boston accent also. So yeah. tell us how you got. You know, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you such a good ear, such a good ear for the. Uh, yeah, for I the can't accent. believe me. I know Boston when I hear Boston, Jimmy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't know it from my Boston accent, but I was born and raised in the UK, and I <laughs> really, started... Jimmy, I had no. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. <laughs> There's more breaking news. You're just going to that is breaking that news today. right there. Dave Harris <laughs> is not from Boston. He He's from the UK, people. He's still wicked smart. He's still wicked smart. Wicked smart. Well, yeah. I started off my career in the UK banking industry, which was an awesome, uh, awesome place to learn. That's why that Jimmy likes you so much. You're a banker. Yeah. <laughs> so it started off there. Uh, but as that, I had relatives in the US and spent most of my vacations here. Um, it was kind of expensive to do that back in the day. And when an opportunity came up at Virgin Atlantic, I thought, this is perfect. I'll be able to get to the US more easily. Uh, I've heard the airline was growing quickly. It was a really great company to work for. And obviously uh, had Richard Branson at the helm. Uh, I spent a few years at the UK headquarters, most of which was spent working closely with uh, customer facing teams like reservations and airport operations. Um, then a new CIO joined the company and asked me what I enjoyed doing. This is one of my greatest lessons, I think, from my career. So he's like, what do you enjoy doing? And at the time, I was spending a fair amount of time here in the US, and I told him I loved doing that. Well, two weeks later, he asked if I wanted to move to New York on a three-year <laughs> assignment. Um, that three-year assignment started you know, 20 plus years ago at this point, and here I it's, still You're am. still on that three-year assignment. Exactly. So, uh, you know, loved it, but really loved it and decided to stay um, and uh, um, continue to love it all in the New York area. Well, we are super excited to have you here. Yes, we are, we are better off for it, and, and certainly uh, so is Shake Shack. Listen, it's obviously officially 2023. Uh, we're all still um, – some of us may be still nursing, uh, nursing uh, the, 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 uh, the hangover that comes we're from still, the life. We're still hungover, Jimmy. Um, but we also you – know, a lot of people make you know, resolutions and personal resolutions that they wish to fill. Um, and the start of the New Year's is always a great time. Don't drink January the big one. Don't drink, don't drink January. January. That's right. Yes, not not the best for some of our bars, but but again, it's also a great time for business setting goals. And we understand, and we we now know that one of Shake Shack's goals for this year is to retrofit all locations with kiosks by the end of 2023. Um, and that is no small task, and that is amazing. Um, and and can you share a little more about that uh, and this rollout? Absolutely, yes. Super excited to talk about our kiosk platform. You know, from a technology perspective, it's a custom iOS application that's deployed on iPad Pros. 
uh, we deployed our first kiosks in Astor Place here in New York back in 2017. And over time, we've focused on improving the guest experience based on feedback from our guests and team members. We've learned everything from where to best locate them to how many we need to install and what tools our team members need to support them. You know, currently about half of our shacks have kiosks. Uh, and we're committed to retrofitting, as you said, all of them with kiosks by the end of this year. Uh, we expect to make pretty decent progress uh, early on in the year here. Uh, well, a couple of notes about the kiosk. You know, it's our highest profit margin channel and highest in shack average check. You know, we find uh, shacks with kiosks have better labor utilization rates than shacks without kiosks. Uh, one of the things I love about it is it's people spend more money, right? They bigger they orders when they do it themselves. I know I, I know I do. Absolutely. It's great. You can see, you can take the time to decide what you want. It's just a, a fantastic medium. And one of the things I love about it is it's flexibility. You know, during the pandemic, when dining rooms were closed, we're like, well, what are we going to do with this platform? But we took that same software, put it on an iPad mini and turned it into a mobile solution our teams could use to take walk-up orders. So it's given us many different uh, opportunities to use that technology and it's been absolutely great for us. So very excited to now roll it out to all the restaurants. That is absolutely incredible. We are huge fans of uh, kiosks. Like you said, I think it increased uh, basket size. It, it, it helps with the labor issues. And, and I think it's an overall great guest experience, you know, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Let's uh, let's continue on with uh, with goals of Shake Shack for 2023. You said uh, earlier that you were opening over 400,000 new stores in 2023, which I got to tell you, Jimmy, that's just an amazing number. Four hundred thousand new Shake Shacks in 2023. There will be a Shake Shack. One Shake Shack for every American, I understand. Is this true? And can you share a little bit? Uh, I'm kidding about the 400,000. It's right. It's 40,000 stores. 40, take off. Take off a couple more zeros. You're getting there. All right. It's 40 new, 40 new Shake Shacks in 2023. Dave, I told you I like to add zeros to everything I do. I'm the restaurant guy. I can take liberties. But can you share a little bit about all kidding aside um, from a tech perspective? How is Shake Shack, how are you continuing to invest in tech above and beyond just the kiosks that you're rolling out into all 400 of your stores? Yeah, absolutely. And well, from a guest perspective, this is where we've really invested most. We've invested significantly in digital products. We've got a custom iOS and Android mobile app, got a custom web ordering platform and the kiosk solution we talked about a minute ago. The, the past two years, we've had to become really more easily accessible. We've had to do things, focus on multi-channel delivery, uh, enhancing our digital pre-ordering and making it easier for our Shack teams to service all of those guest orders. Um, we've scaled our, our channels out to be able to accommodate all of the order volume. Um, and basically fast pivots in the early days of COVID soon became permanent functions, right? So delivery is uh, a big part of the industry now um, and being able to add pickup uh, pick options like uh, curbside pickup, walk up and drive up windows, and even to order delivery through our app. So all of those investments are helping us as we continue to scale to scale out. Um, digital transformation, I think, can be a word that gets, it gets used an awful lot and it means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, but for us, the focus this be, past couple of years has been about adding capabilities into all of the digital tools that I talked about earlier. Um, like our new website, like an updated Android application, and more Shack Track options for guests. 
Um, now we're very much about fine tuning that experience so that we can give this great consistent experience wherever you order your shack. We want the, we want that experience to be consistent. Does Dave, um, does all of your technology have to rhyme with shack? Is that true or false? If it doesn't rhyme with Shaq, hey, you can't hey, hey, use don't, it. Don't bite on my segment of the true or false. That's <laughs> my segment. Oh, it's got to rhyme with Shaq or they can't buy it. So all you tech people that want to sell anything to Dave, you got to change your name. It's got to rhyme with it's Shaq. It. It's got to have a tie <laughs> to the menu. It. Absolutely. It's got to have a tie to the menu. I think, I think that's I think that's awesome. And look, we are, we're a couple of years, um, you know, let's say – living with the pandemic it, it's not going away it's something we have to live with but i i'm still amazed at how it unleashed um the tech uh, the explosion of tech both from the operators as well as the guests and it took both sides of that coin to recognize that we had to um embrace tech um fully uh for our industry and i think Sha uh, i think the shake shack is clearly now one of the great leaders in the space. So let's stay on that theme. When it comes to building a tech stack, um, we found at least when we're speaking to and with multi-unit operators or franchise brands, that that we're a house divided when it comes to implementing new tech. You got on one side, one team loves the partnering, another team loves the acquiring, and 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 and, and I guess there's even those who you know. They want to build. They want to build their own. You got you know, the partner acquiring. You got the building. Which team are you on? Are you on the acquiring and the partnering or the building of your own or some hybrid? Yeah, for us, it's both. Uh, I mean, it's fair to say our, our tech needs have changed and evolved as we've grown. You know, our needs at 250 plus restaurants are different to the what they were at 110 sort of when I joined about four years ago. We generally build where we can differentiate in either guest or team member experience and buy everything else. Uh, I think the other thing that's really important as we do that is great integration between systems. Uh, and we've got great partnerships. You know, I just uh, recently went to India visiting partners that we work with for uh, development of our, our custom applications, uh, but also spend time with all of our um, uh, package application providers. So both are really important for us um, with really good integration so that you can create that cohesive guest experience. Um, it's similar to another one. You often get often get asked this sort of age-old IT question about whether we buy like suites of products from large companies who kind of have this one-size-fits-all, or they have these big sets of solutions, or choose smaller, best-of-breed solutions for each need that we have. And you know, I say that the answer for Shake Shack is both. There are lots of great solutions out there, and we really uh, look to combine those two things to to create the experience that we're known for. Let's let's stay on topic of uh, of technology. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier as a New Yorker, Jimmy, I uh, I'm saying I'm a New Yorker. Yes, I was born in Jersey, but uh, I'm going to say I'm a New Yorker. Jimmy hates anybody from New Jersey, by the way. That's um, not true. That's not true. That's not true. He couldn't find New Jersey on a map. If you showed him a map, he wouldn't know where Jersey is. Anyway, I've been a Shake Shacker, uh, Shake Shacker, like Jimmy said. Uh, he's every Wednesday. We've been using it. For, we've been eating there for years. I mean, I remember the first store at Madison's square park i mean literally there were lines there all day and all night you they would get there early in the morning people would start waiting online and they had cameras out there way back when where you can see before going you'd see the line so you kind of knew what you were headed in you know how how long you had to wait and kind of it was uh, the earliest iteration of really kind of 
wait time innovation. Now you see a lot. Now you see people have apps and stuff like that. You can go and it tells you how long the wait is. So, I mean, I think the cameras are gone. I don't think you see that. But what kind of tech are you using now to set guest expectations on uh, on wait times and order times and things like that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, for all of us that use food ordering apps, and I think we all do, the key question once you've placed your order is, when will my food be ready? Yes. And uh, for yes. us, where, where all the food is made to order, it can really be difficult to do that because it depends on how busy we are. So mm -hmm. this year we launched a feature in our app that looks at activity in the kitchen and uses that information to give guests a more accurate estimate of when their food will be ready. It's all about making it easy to pick up your order and knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I, like, I totally I, agree with that. Yep. Shats, think about how many brands are out there that would that if they just heard what you and Dave talked about would be absolutely jealous of the fact that Shake Shack had to address the issue of, of, of again, and, and what a great thing, what a high quality problem. What a great to, problem. What a great problem to make sure guests understand how long the wait time is going to be. You know how many, you know how many brands out there be like, please give me a, somebody wait online for a minute. Don't come in and go right to the register. Give me, come, wait, give me a, pretend to wait a minute. Anyway, I think what an amazing tribute to Shake Shack that they consistently since launching the business has had to think, figure out how to manage the expectations and allow their guests to understand that we want your business, but here's what you should expect about the wait time and that alone is a statement about i think the cult-like following that you guys have in terms of the embracement of the of the, of the elevated burger um i want to keep going on the topic of of data um because i don't think you're going to find a single restaurant operator who actually wants their managers sitting in an office trying to figure out data assess data um you know scrape it scrub it um they want their op they, they want their people out in the restaurant working on the floor and ultimately being a guest ambassador and creating a better experience for their guests. So how is Shake Shack tackling this incredible challenge where we, we know the data is important, but what are you doing to make it or make it easily digestible so that Shake Shack can benefit from the amount of data uh, that you're collecting? Sure. Well, you know, I mentioned I've been here about four years. This is my first job in the restaurant industry. And one of the things that struck me about this space is just how busy the role of a general manager is. There's so much to think about, so many decisions to make every day, so much to do, um, but they want to be out in front of a guest, as you said. And operators have had to historically go multiple places and run lots of different reports to get the information they need to run their business, whether it be about their team or sales or inventory or guest feedback, team member scheduling, the list just goes on and on. And as we've added technology tools to help them, it's become even more important that we bring together data for them and turn it into information that's really easy to consume. So we've been investing in an analytics platform that allows us to bring data together from all of the guest and operational systems we have across the company. From a tech perspective, we want to make sure that all of the data that Shake Shack needs is available and organized in a way that's easy for teams across the company to consume, whether it be for reporting or business intelligence. Uh, it's still relatively early days, but we're, we're really excited with progress so far, and it's something we'll continue to work on. It's just all about delivering that information out to people so that they've got everything they need at a single glance and don't have to go searching for it. That's awesome. Let's talk about something that's not as... It's not as sexy and it's certainly not very technologically advanced, but it's been around for a long time, but not so much for Shake Shack. A New York City brand never really had to think much about drive-through. 
drive through was not exactly on your mind over at Madison Square Park. I think it was more of a walking or a bike through. Um, but but drive through has certainly been around, uh, you know, around the country, all over the place for quite a few years. Um, you recently celebrated your one year anniversary of your first Shake Shack drive through in Minnesota, Maple Grove, Minnesota, one of my favorite towns. Shout out to Maple Grove, Minnesota. How are you doing? Um, how's it going over there? And what have you learned? And is that drive through something that you are now is that going to be part of your uh, footprint in every Shake Shack that you now build where applicable uh, having a drive through? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I remember being in Maple Grove in December of 2021, celebrating. Good time. Nice time of year to be oh, in Maple Grove. I, oh, yeah. I think it was like five degrees. It was incredible. <laughs> that was, and that was inside. That was inside. <laughs> yes. Um, through is going well. You know, by the end of this year, we uh, 2023, we expect to have 20 to 25 up and running. Uh, and it's all about adding convenience. You know, we've seen that guests are still demanding ease of pickup experience and, and ordering experience too. And the, our approach to drive through is all about giving our guests convenience without compromising on Shake Shack's core proposition. So we've always been a made to order restaurant and we'll continue to cook our food that way for all of our drive through locations. We've designed the drive through so we can take orders and pay for orders at multiple points along that journey based on uh, how busy we are at different times of the day. Um, it's still early days and we're still very much in learning mode, so not too much to share today. Um, but being new to the drive-through business, as you said, there's, there's a lot to learn. I, I will say from a technology perspective, you know, we've been learning how to deal with extreme heat and cold, whether it be a Minnesota winter or a Florida summer. So really just making sure we can keep all the technology working and give our, our team members the, the tools that they need to support guests. So, um, you know, early days and we'll, we'll keep learning as we open more. Awesome. Yeah. I got to say, I, I did a little Googling and a, a looking in a little searching and some of the drive through you guys are advancing and some of the pr uh, prototypes are truly amazing. Uh, you know, you may not have been the first one to come up with the drive through, but you now have a somewhat of a cleaner slate to actually do it in the most elevated manner. Um, see, I got the word elevated in there, Shatsy. And speaking of elevated, um, before we move on, when I started working deeper in the hospitality industry, I fully embrace and admit one of the first books I read uh, was setting the table by Mr. Danny Meyer. Um, I saw the movie, Jimmy. It was terrific. Yeah, I, I still read the book, and I read the book, not an audio book. <laughs> and his philosophy on enlightened hospitality is is always in the back of my mind as we, as a company, approach um, and think about how tech um, can be valuable and beneficial to the operator, and then of course allowing the operator to use that tech in an enlightened and, and, and to improve the guest experience. Can you share how you extend enlightened the, the philosophy of enlightened hospitality into these digital tools and how you make it easier, you know, to to raise guest concerns and, and tackle them leveraging tech. Sure. I mean, the, the driving force behind our approach to digital innovation is based on a, a shared vision we have across the company to bring enlightened hospitality to a digital world, right? is to provide a, a personal, not just personalized experience for each of our guests, uh, get smarter every day with analytics and use digital to enable that experience of modern, fun versions of classic food. So hospitality is at the core of everything Shake Shack does, creating uplifting experiences and adding joy and fun to, at every touch point. When the majority of orders were placed and eaten in the restaurant, it was much easier for our team members 
to ensure guests were 100% satisfied and their order was exactly the way they wanted it. If a guest had a question, they could simply go back to the front counter and uh, we, we'd address it for them. When you think about doing that from guests out that get food to go and when they've gotten their food home, it's much more challenging. Our shack teams do an amazing job ensuring orders are accurate and exactly as the guests wanted, but occasionally something will come up and we want to make sure guests have an easy mechanism to contact us. Uh, we recently partnered with a company called Gladly to, with a view of building out easier way for um, digital guests to contact the shack team in, in these sorts of situations. Uh, it's early days. We've got a lot of different things to roll out over time, but I think there's a great potential there to be able to extend that hospitality that we're known for into all of our digital experience, whether it be the mobile apps or, or, or web um, or delivery through our app. I love it. I got to tell you, it's, um, it's, it's, I think you're getting hungry, Jimmy. I, I'm getting really hungry. I got to get a Shaq burger, man. I got to yeah. tell you. By the way, on a side note, how many people you think are something if if imitation I think is defined as a heightened form of flattery, how many other restaurant groups have now embraced the word shack in their some way, shape, or form in their name, in their in their in their tagline? I actually think you guys are you guys are blazing a trail, making shack a really cool word. I think Shaquille O'Neal even owes you. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like Shaquille maybe is there like a lawsuit? <laughs> someone I'm gonna be suing someone is Shaq in a shoe Shaq or Shaq in a shoe Shaq. Yeah, that, that's a topic for a different time. But okay, here we go. Listen, it, we Shats and I started this podcast because we like talking to people. Clearly, I uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not shy about uh uh, taking the oxygen out of rooms and on podcasts, but we learned along the way that sometimes our guests have a question for us. So let's kick off talking back. We invite our guests to uh, take the microphone, uh, ask us a question. As I like to say, nothing is off the table. Uh, Dave, the microphone, sir, is yours. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, it's been great. I, I know I've enjoyed seeing the increase in tech innovation that's been going on in the restaurant space these past couple of years. And I'm sure you guys talk to entrepreneurs all day long. So of all the startups out there, what problems and opportunities are you most excited to see tackled in the restaurant space over the next, say, three to five years? Ooh. By the way, not only is that a great question, but I love it particularly because that's a question for the restaurant guy. Yeah, and then, and then I'll answer, and then Jimmy will take it, and he'll make it better. He always makes it better. I got to tell you, it is a great question. I think what what I'm I, a couple things that I'm most excited about is um, I'm most excited about seeing um, as automation and robotics continue to evolve in this industry. Certainly, they've been around other industries for quite some time, but I am interested to see that evolution continue to grow and the adoption and and just to see how far it goes. Like, will will all line cooks be replaced by robots at some point is that something that we'll see in 10 years you know I, I don't know but so it's interesting to see how that works and and where it goes i've been looking at automation robotics i still think there's quite a few years of um to go to really get it to a point where everybody can uh, can roll it out that's something i'm really excited to see um and the other thing that that i'm seeing now and i don't think we're going to wait very long this is this is here now is is the whole idea of this dynamic pricing something again we've seen in so many other industries airlines hotels rental cars even um you know lyft and uber um you know just the idea that pricing strategies change based on supply and demand it's something we've seen in so many other industries and i see it now um 
creeping into our our ecosystem and i and i don't think it's going to stop and i i'm excited to see how that is embraced adopted and 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 works because um it's another area i think it's great for operators because i think you know i always say that you know a table or a dish on a monday evening maybe it should be a different price than on a friday where there's such more demand so maybe on friday things should be a little bit more expensive at a at a fine dining restaurant than a monday and you can take it to quick serve and fast casual etc but i think dynamic pricing is something that i'm most excited to uh, to see how it's embraced and adopted shots i gotta tell you i think that was that was almost that was like near perfection um yeah that's um, it thank dave thank you for joining <laughs> us this podcast this was a great podcast good night, everybody i think shots is taking the comment running with it you know what i really do think that was a great answer and i'm glad you mentioned dynamic pricing um from my perspective um we like to focus on the 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 issues that are either most challenging most problematic or from glass half full perspective represent the best opportunity for operators um so there's still some real issues around labor and, we, and the, I think the kiosk move is really you guys addressing that head on in a way that the guest is going to appreciate. Um, supply chain and procurement remains a big issue. Not all that interested. The guests really don't care about that until they find the price is going up or they're mis missing an ingredient on a dish they love or certain things can't be produced. But, but to Shatz's point, the dynamic pricing issue I think is really exciting because um, I think – both the operator and the guest is, are, are somewhat ready for it, and it's going to need to be done with a tremendous amount of integrity and, and communication. And I actually think you know, Shake Shack and, and, and your ecosystem probably will be trendsetters because you, you have that relationship and trust with your guests that they will you, – you, you guys take risks. You're on the forefront of things, but you always do it in a way that is, is intended to bring value and be better. So I think the guest is, is going to be giving you guys as much as anybody a chance to do this right and we think it's a, an amazing sector of the market because if it's done right it's going to be good for the guests and also create incremental value and margin optimization for the operator that's why we think um, there's a real opportunity there so Shat's well said I just thought I'd share that uh, my two cents thank you Jimmy and I, it's it's nice to uh to have an answer that you can't really make that much better because it was so good so good hey Jesse. we're gonna go into the food service feud I am we we did poll uh David we've uh, we do a poll every Tuesday on LinkedIn we ask all different questions mostly uh around around food service and hospitality um this past week we asked um you know we polled uh, we we generally get a few hundred of uh, a few thousand responders this week uh, it was such an interesting poll we got over one trillion that's right i said it to me <laughs> one trillion people one yeah. trillion people yes. responded to our poll and the poll was very simple i'm going to ask you a question and i'm going to i'm going to give you the four answers this time i'm going to tell you what the four top answers on the board were you guys just tell me which one you think was number one all right so what is your favorite dessert chain was it Sugar Beep. Factory? <laughs> Wait, what? What? I beeped it. <laughs> Was it the Sugar Factory, Friendlings, and the Fribble, Dairy Queen, or the Cheesecake Factory? What is your favorite dessert chain? David, care to guess? Wow. I have a wicked sweet tooth as well. I'm a big dessert fan. So um, let's see. I would say. Dairy Queen came out number one. Dairy Queen was not the number one answer. Wow. Jimmy, would you care to try and top that and give the number one answer? Um, well, I'm going to say the following. I'm going to go with Cheesecake Factory, but I would have said DQ as well because I'm a DQ loyalist. I got a popular producer. 
She put the order. Julie put the order in the the percentage. Hey, Dave wants the number one answer. Oh, good. I agree. The, I agree with Dave. Of, she put it out of order. Dave <laughs> was the number one answer. Cheesecake Factory came in at number two. Friendly's number three, and the Sugar Factory pulling up the rear. It was it was not out of order. Dairy Queen. 47% of 1 trillion. Jimmy, quick math, 470 billion. 470 billion people like Dairy Queen best. I'll say shout out to Brant Lake Camp on Rondick Mountain. Going to DQ was a Jimmy, treat. Jimmy, can you sing the Dairy Queen song for us, please? Dairy Queen, we love you so. Whether we eat there or it's to go, your brazer burgers are delish. I like them better than a knish. You are the keeper of my belly. You are an Adirondack deli. My queen for you, I'd gladly die by jumping in an Eskimo by Dairy Queen. I love you so. There you go. Look at that. that. That's, that's wow. a true Dairy Queen lover. Dairy Queen, yeah. baby. You think I was going to vote for anyone other than DQ? You're crazy. Okay. Oh, no, I, I know Grand way, Lake people love their queen. Yes, we love the queen. And by the way, my daughter's at home listening, going like, oh, man, dad, you can't sing. And she's right. Okay. If you remember at the top of the episode, we played a game, you know, two truths and a lie or two truths and, a, and, a, and, a, and something fictitious. So here we go. Um, I asked the, the audience. Dave was once once camped at Richard Branson's backyard. And for those paying attention, remember, there was a Virgin Atlantic uh, a job a job situation. So that might have been a tell. Dave's home address and birthday are the same number. I know Shatsy's been Googling his home address, but we're trying to stop him from releasing it. And Dave has a Shack Burger, uh, a Shake Shack Burger named after him. So Shatsy, you care to guess? Okay, so number one, Dave wants camped in Richard Branson's backyard. That is true. Dave's home address and birthday are the same number. That is false. And Dave has a Shake Shack burger named after him. That is false. Okay, well, you're clearly not paying attention because there's two truths and one lie. Two I didn't hear that. And a I, lie. Didn't, I didn't. Okay, oh, so I'm oh, going to go okay, with you. I'm going to okay, agree I'll with do, you. Can I, can I do it again? Sure, because that's how all game shows work. You get a redo. You get a redo. Richard Dawson would definitely let me do it again. You're very charming. Okay, so so then I say so two are true and one is false. Yes. So the false one is there is uh, uh, Dave's home address and birthday are not the same number. Well, let's go. Number let's go to the source, Dave. What's the two truths and what's the the less than truthful? Well, the, the two truths, yes, I did once camp in Richard Branson's backyard, uh, and uh, my address and birthday are the same, not just the number, but the month and road are the same as well. Look at that. So the Look at that. One, but, but as of yet, I do not have a Shake Shack burger named after me. All right. So listen. Well, that's something behalf, we have to change. On yeah. behalf of all the hospitality <laughs> hangout listeners, including uh, the restaurant guy and the finance guy, we're making an appeal. Please send your Facebook and Instagram messages to the Shake Shack team. We think Dave deserves a Shake Shack burger named <laughs> after him. And that way, when Dave comes back in a couple of years, we can talk about how well and how uh, what a great what great performance we're getting from the Dave Harris burger. All right, All right listen, Jimbo, we're running, we're running short on time. Dave's got to go do some, uh, he's got to go build some drive-throughs or do some tech stuff out there. So we're going to, we're going to end this podcast with the branded quick fire. Dave, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions real quick. Five quick fire questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Favorite burger topping. Avocado. Ooh, good one. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Wherever my family sends me. What is your favorite food city in the world? I've got to say London. I have to. 
I think London's food scene is underrated, and I love the food scene in London now. I got to tell you, who doesn't like mutton? <laughs> Where is your favorite place to travel? Always great to visit England to see family and friends, got to say that. Uh, but I have to say my favorite place is anywhere in the world I haven't been before. I, I agree. If I, you were to challenge Jimmy Rye to a game of <laughs> Jeopardy, what do you have better odds of beating? Yeah, this is going to be good. Ooh, this is a really tough one. Yeah, Not really. And, and, and I have to answer, you know, I assume you want the answer like as a question too. Right? It's, like, it's got to be. So yes. Say, you see me in the true and false game, so you know how good I am at following directions and listening. So I'm going to say, well, who is Shatsy? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, well done. Obviously, obviously. All right. Well thank done you. Thanks, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. I appreciate our producers putting that one in there. You've been getting a lot of physical challenge recently, and I feel like oh yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good at physical challenges, Jimmy. I'm I'm, like, right. I'm good at Twister, maybe. You're very wiry, very wiry. Okay, listen, Dave, we've kept you here long enough. We want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your great insights. Um, we are we we do take great pride in Shake Shack. Um, being New, uh, uh, born in New York and now just an incredible global um juggernaut of a franchise, and and I still say they're the best years are still to come and i know there's a lot of work that went into uh getting you to this point but it is such a loved brand on a global basis uh, but congratulations for all the work um not just during the pandemic but but what you've done to get this brand to this position if you guys want to get in touch with dave directly uh you can email the podcast team uh at podcast at brand I, have his phone number, I have his cell i have david's cell and if you have his, that if you have his, by the way if you have his home address you also have his birthday if you yeah, have exactly. Home, so I have birthday. his cell. We have his yeah. home address. We have yes. his birthday. Dave, uh, get your social. Just give all, us your social real quick. All That's things. All, we need. all things we're not going to give out on on the on the uh, uh, out loud now to our listeners. As always, nine seasons in, um, and it wouldn't happen uh, without you guys um, continuing to subscribe. Thank uh, you, listen. all eight of you listeners out there, including <laughs> Dave. So, yes, we want to thank all eight of you. Thank you, Shatsy, for the self-effacing humor. Um, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss on out, out on any of the exciting episodes we have coming up all season nine, and we'll just keep on rolling. So uh, to our friend, Mr. Dave Harris, I uh, want to thank you very much. This is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off and passing it back to my boy. Hey, Dave, what's the URL for Shake Shack? Is it ShakeShack.com? That'll be the one. So ShakeShack.com, go check it out, man. Find your closest nearest Shake Shack and order a Dave Harris burger immediately because they are delicious. They got avocado on it and everything else you like. Uh, it's Shatsy, a.k.a. Restaurant Guy, 